Hey, Bucketheads, we are back with another Saturday morning shoot-around. This is Joe with at CBVDFS. With me, as always, James and Bird. Are you ready to cover this XFL slate? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> How upset were you when you saw the prize pools for the XFL? Uh, it made me want to barf all over the place. College mm-hmm. basketball continues to get no love. It drives me crazy. No love, no love at all. But, hey, there's football out there with a bunch of names that no one knows, and I mean, they've got some real nice pools. <laughs> yeah, you can win $100,000 in XFL watching a bunch of guys who can't play professional, real real NFL football, or you can watch these kids uh, in college play basketball and play, play their, their hearts heart out, out and yep. in front of crowds that are going crazy, uh, living and dying by every moment, and you can win $2,000 this weekend. <laughs> Hey, for the love of the game, right? We don't yeah. do it for the money, obviously. <laughs> no, no, we don't. <laughs> I do got to tell the bucketheads we're gonna we're gonna try to get through this a little quicker because I know James wants to get to that Illini Maryland game, which is gonna be tipping right. in about 20 minutes. It is Friday night, so James, before the game starts, what's your gut telling you? I L L. Oh gosh! Of course, that's I N I. It is at home. So it that is, is at good. home. Yeah, they, that first game was uh, in Maryland was pretty tight, and so I think Illinois has got revenge on the mind. Plus, a winner will take uh, take hold of first place. It's awesome on a Friday. Can't beat it, right? All right. Well, guys, let's get into it. We got twenty games or twenty teams on our ten game slate tomorrow. This is the eighth time we're doing the Saturday morning shoot around pod. You know, last week was uh, a rough week. The winner of the tournament only had two twenty five. When I was looking back at kind of our review and how we did. The guy who won it all had two Kansas State guys on your team, which I think just serves as a, a reminder that anything can happen in this crazy world of DFS. Let's get to the games. Let's not waste any more. Oh, well, hold on a second. Let's go ahead and get to some questions, Bird. Didn't we get a question from uh, from Jack Ullman? Yeah, Buckethead Hall of Famer Jack Ullman uh, sent in a question. Uh, are there any futures that you like? Uh, he has already bet Creighton and LSU, which personally I really like that Creighton future bet that he made. Uh, kind of reminds me of an Auburn team where you can just shoot the lights out and uh, can kind of can beat anyone on any given night. So in a tournament that's going to be so wide open, I, I kind of like that Creighton play. Yeah, I, I do too. What about you? Do you got a future? If like if if you're answering Jack's question, is there any futures that you like right now at this point in the season? So we went out and looked. Um, Kentucky was thirty to one, which I think is kind of an intriguing uh, option. And Coach Cal is going to have that team in a good spot. Uh, Richards has played really, really well this season. Uh, Hagen's obviously has been fantastic. Uh, Maxie can, can break a slate. So that's kind of an interesting team, uh, with, with a lot of talented players that nobody's going to want to face come March. So at 30 to 1, that's not, not a bad flyer. What about you, James? Did you get a chance to look at the list? Yeah. You know, if you look back at who wins the national title, uh, last couple years have been different. Last year, certainly. Um, but you know, it's the same coaches <laughs> that win it over and over. It seems like, you know, it's coaches that have five star players and the talent, even if they are figuring it out throughout the year, they you know can put it together at the end. Uh, but I, I didn't do that. Um, I went with San Diego state. <laughs> They're undefeated. Um, 20 to one. A lot of people haven't seen this team play. I think a lot of people, it's probably going to be an early out in tournament brackets, I would guess. Um, but this is a, a really good team. Yeah, <clears throat> really good shooting yeah. team. Uh, they've got some big guys, so it's not just a bunch of little guys out there shooting a lot. Really good passing Malachi, team. They, they got Malachi a real star. Flynn's the real deal. 
Malachi Flynn's a, it's a real good player. So they kind of remind me, you know, talking about Illinois, they kind of remind me a little bit of that 05 team just in terms Ooh. of their makeup and, and wow. how they score and how they defend. So um, that's a team that could surprise people. You know, you, they win two or three games in the tournament and then everybody says, oh, you know, we should have. You should have, like Virginia last year, right? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, obviously, but right. they're a good team. I looked back because we actually did a uh, Vegas Futures article. One of our first things we ever put on our website was just kind of a pick three, who we like for Vegas Futures at the beginning of the season. One of my teams was Seton Hall at 40 to 1 at the time. They're 18 to 1 now, and I still like that quite a bit. So if I had to pick someone right now, I'll take Seton Hall at 18 to 1. I think that team, as good as they've been at times this year, hasn't even scratched the surface of how good they can be once Mamu gets back into the fold a little bit more and now that Gill's just getting better by the day and uh, Roden keeps stepping up and got much-needed minutes and and, uh, and production with Mamu out, that's that's a team that I'm definitely watching down the stretch. Hey, Bird, do we have any reviews or anything like that before we get into the games? Um, we do. We actually got uh, a couple more ratings out on iTunes, sort of checking out on iTunes, and we did get one review from Perks98, and his title was Favorite Pod. He said, enjoy listening to you guys every Saturday morning with my coffee. Love the content throughout the week as well. So Perks98, that's awesome. Uh, enjoy your coffee tomorrow morning. And uh, why don't you win all the money this weekend? Yeah, checks in the mail too, Perks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we're not paying people for reviews. These are actually quite nice. Yeah, we're going to do like a, like an inverse business model where we pay people we pay Instead people, of yeah. them paying for our content, we're going to pay them to read our content. To read it, yeah. We're, we're that desperate for attention. That's, that's that's a good idea. All right. Well, like I said, we got 10 games on the slate, as kind of been the norm the last couple. We got uh, a couple really high over-unders, a couple really low over-unders. Not like last week where everything was 130. It's not that bad, but we do have four in our our don't-go-overboard section. And, Bird, get us started. Pick us, pick us off the first game in the don't-go-overboard section. Yeah, and like Joe said, we're going to try to go through these a little quicker. Uh, but the first one is Purdue at Indiana. Uh, Indiana is a one-point home favorite with an over/under of 127. And James, you're kind of our Big Ten guy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, low over/under. Uh, any right. anything here? Yeah, Jackson Davis uh, is averaging 32 DK at home. Uh, he's the young freshman stud player for Indiana. Uh, he's a guy you could look at. Uh, Rob Finnessy is their guard, 4,800. Cheap GPP plays, had 4X, 5X in two of the last three. And then I think finally uh, Jihad Proctor starting to come on for Purdue lately. Uh, he was the fifth year that came in, and he's been much more assertive in the offense, 5X, 6X in two of the last three. So I, I think those guys are guys you can look at. Wouldn't look at anybody else. Nice. And didn't Purdue go ham last time out, if I remember that correctly, this week? Yeah, they caught fire at home against Iowa's zone. <laughs> and, uh, completely destroyed it, so... Uh, that hasn't happened on the road yet, so don't get your hopes up. All right, and and any any clarity around, and then we'll move on after this. But any clarity around those Purdue big men? Is Harms back to full strength, or is he still hampered? And is it still the Trevion show? It's been the Boudreaux show lately, um, you know, for some reason. So I I don't know. None <laughs> of those guys are really trustworthy at this point. So yeah. On the road, I I would just look elsewhere. Gotcha. Yeah, Trevion hasn't played more than 30 minutes uh, since that game. He dropped 68 DK points, so that was about eight games ago. The last game he played 14 minutes. The game before that, 23 minutes, uh, 16 minutes, four games ago. So his his usage or his his time on the court is is trending down, which is not ideal. No, he yeah, and his usage is always going to be high because when he gets it, it's going up. 
Everyone's right. played basketball with a guy like Trevion. <laughs> Bird, uh, your boys, the Jayhawks, are next on our list. Uh, yeah, so Kansas is at TCU. Uh, KU is a 10-point favorite with an over-under of 128. And that's, you know, obviously Kansas is elite defensively, uh, number three in the nation right now in adjusted defensive efficiency. TCU is not bad, 63rd defensively. When you're looking at TCU, really, Desmond Baines probably always in play just because he, he has to score. There's really nobody else on that team that can consistently put the ball in the basket. He's priced at 8000 which is probably about right. The only problem is Marcus Garrett's probably going to guard him most of the game, and he's one of the best on-the-ball defenders in, in all of college basketball. Uh, Kevin Samuel's going to have to play really well for TCU, uh, especially down low against Azabuki. He's a guy who could probably get a double-double with uh, some block upside as well. Uh, if you're looking for a contrarian play on the Kansas side, uh, James, I think you've got somebody on your list uh, from KU that, that you kind of like as a uh, tournament play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christian Brown is who I went with. Um, he is uh, kind of the sharpshooter on that team. Uh, he's actually the best shooter. I don't know if you know this or not, but he's actually the best three point shooter in the Big 12 right now, uh, shooting 48% from three. TCU is not great at defending the three. That's probably the, their biggest weakness uh, on defense. And so that's, you know, something that I, I feel like this KU team needs right now, some good shooting. He's 4,700. I think you can plug him in. He's not a guarantee. He's somebody you would want to put in a GPP contest, um, but sure. he's somebody you can look at for uh, for value. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. He's a lot more athletic than, than people probably give him credit for as well. So I think that's a really good play. Self clearly trusts him. Um, another guy you could look at is Marcus Garrett. And Garrett really has not been known for his offense at all. But he's very good at getting to his right hand and getting into the paint, uh, going right. He's actually he's hit uh, 30 DK in four straight games. He's priced at 6,800, uh, has some steal upside, gets involved in all those ancillary type of stats. He's a guy you could look at. And Azabuki and Devon Dotson are always in play, just as kind of those high floor type of guys. Probably aren't going to break the slate on the road, um, but guys are, who can consistently get you a 32, 34 DK points. I like it. Are you good there on Kansas Bird? Anything else we're missing? No, I think that's good. Let's let's move on to the next one, which is Kentucky at Tennessee. Kentucky is a oh no, I'm sorry, Tennessee is a one point favorite uh, at home against Kentucky. Am I reading that right, Joe? That's Tennessee. what Ken Palm had. Oh, that's right, and we're off Ken Palm line. So my guess is they'll make Kentucky a, a small favorite. I haven't looked at the updated lines yet, but yeah, so we're using Ken Palm lines, so keep that in mind. Uh, Over under of 131. And Joe, SEC is your baby. Uh, what are your thoughts here? I was surprised that Ken Palm had this going this way. Obviously, Kentucky took the loss to Auburn last Saturday, rallied back with a really nice win on Tuesday against Mississippi State. That was in the comfort of their own home. Um, this one is on the road, and uh, Tennessee, uh, I think they're playing a little bit better. They obviously couldn't have played much worse than they have been, but with all these new faces coming in, they're starting to click. They had a really good game on Tuesday as well against Alabama where they took that fast-paced Nate Oates-Alabama team and really controlled the tempo of that game. It ended up 69-68, where they got that win on the road. Um, so I think things are starting to come together for Tennessee. Not to say they're a tournament team or anything like that, but if Kentucky is not prepared or taking this game seriously, they're going to get all they can handle, that's for sure. Would you look at a guy like Bowden, Joe, at 6,300? Uh, Kentucky's given up some games to kind of primary scoring option guards in particular uh, against like Lee and Samir Doty. Is, is, are those, sure. you know, is yeah. that, is Bowden the guy that could do that? 
He can, he can, but surprisingly, he's he hasn't taken the step that I was expecting out of him this year. I thought, you know, him and Lalonde Turner would be one A and one B. Well, Turner's done for the year. Then he thought Bowden would just take off, but he really hasn't. Since uh, Santiago Vascovi's come onto the scene, he's really been more of the usage guy and taking more of the shots. So between Vascovi really dominating the ball and Bowden still kind of playing a complementary piece like he did last year and like he was doing Lamont Turner early in the year, I'm not sure if I would put him in that uh, in that danger zone, you know, a GPP play. I think he's just a little too rich for me. Okay. We, we talked about ball hogs, but Vescovi is kind of a ball hog, and at 6,200, back-to-back 30-point DK efforts. Uh, Kentucky's obviously elite defensively, but if he's going to shoot the ball every time, we've got to at least think about him. For sure. And we'll watch the status of uh, Jordan James for Tennessee. Uh, Josiah Jordan James, he's a really good player who's missed the last couple. He's 5,600. If he's back in, this is the type of game that he's going to thrive in because he's long and he does a little bit of everything. So, And I also like uh, Urso Plavisic for Tennessee. He seems to be getting more and more minutes, and I think his 7-foot frame will be needed against Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery down low. Richard at 8,000 for Kentucky is a little high for me. Admittedly, he's someone I haven't been all that accurate on this year. I thought he was going to get, whenever I think he's going to get into trouble, he smashes. So I'm probably yeah. staying away at 8,000, but uh, I don't know. If you want to play Richards, more power to you. Can you pivot down to Montgomery? 4,700 had uh, 32 minutes, 31.5 DK last game. I don't, just because EJ Montgomery is, his motivations game to game are questionable, right? Sure. Um, even Calipari will come out and say that, you know, if he wants to be great, he can be great. It just he doesn't always have that each game. So I've just given up on playing E.J. Montgomery. Unless everyone's out and he knows he's going to get 40 minutes, then you, you put him in, you smash him. But I, I, I wouldn't play him in any other circumstance. Yeah, and the only other name we didn't mention, uh, Emmanuel quickly has um, over 20 real points in three of his last four games. And he's at 6,600, which is his season high price point. Uh, but a guy who's really taken on some usage with Hagens, maybe slowing down a little bit. Um, another option there, but uh, yeah, good player. Yeah, good player. And Max, uh, Maxie's always got a ceiling. He's a, he's a great, just a great elite talent uh, freshman. But you gotta, uh, you know, this is one of our don't go overboard games. And Kentucky's right. on the road, so you truly don't want to go overboard on on Kentucky. Yeah, I don't really hate any of the pricing in this game. So if you want to take a guy because you like him or you got a good feeling, go for it. But like, don't don't reach or don't force anybody into your lineup. So the next game we have on our list that we is part of our don't go overboard section is Florida at Old Miss. Uh, Florida is a three-point favorite with an over-under of 135. And, and uh, Joe, again, uh, any thoughts on this one? Florida is one of those teams where they kind of they kind of are who they are at this point. Their pricing doesn't change too much because they, they kind of go about their business each, each day. I mentioned before that Keontae Johnson and Kerry Blackshear are both very good and capable postmen, but if one goes off, the other one doesn't. And, and Bird, you, you got some Blackshear thoughts on this one, right? Yeah, Blackshear, he, he just he just doesn't seem engaged right now. He doesn't seem uh, maybe on the same page with, with the coach. And so I do have him as my bust play. And that's a theme you're going to see tonight in our bust plays is we have some pretty high-profile names in our bust section. So, yeah. uh, you know, at least we're not giving you these kind of weak chalk picks. We're, we're kind of going out on a limb. Uh, but Kerry Blackshear, <laughs> you know, he needs 30 DK points to hit value. And he hasn't done that in five straight games. Uh, Florida has a really balanced attack on offense. They have six players that have over 20% or higher uh, percentage of shots taken. Yep. So certainly they spread they spread it out. 
Uh, no alpha scorer on that team, certainly not Blackshear. Uh, with that over-under is 135. It's a game that you're just really not going to get a lot of possessions. And, and Florida's really been kind of a dumpster fire this year. And so on the road with just bad juju overall as a team, I just feel like it's a kind of a spot at 7,500 where you'd look to fade Blackshear. Yeah, and Mississippi's a proud team, and at home they're going to do everything they can to to protect their home court. I, I like that call quite a bit, but like you said, when you deal with a balanced team like Florida where anyone can do it on a given night, you're always at risk that it's going to be his turn, you know, and that's just something yeah. we'll have to deal with. And, and, and the other risk is uh, Old Miss fouls a ton, and sure. Blackshear is really good at drawing fouls. Uh, he gets to the line at an astronomical rate. Um, so that that's the only other but he also gets in foul trouble a lot. She and does. We see oh, yeah. a lot of players get in foul trouble on the road, especially. Um, and Key Johnson's been very good for Florida too. So yeah. I just, just a lot of things that the signs for Florida just kind of point in the negative direction. And so that's my lean there. Yeah. No, it, for, for Florida and, and then I'll flip over to Ole Miss, but for Florida, now is the time. If they want to make a tournament, they got to really start stringing some stuff together. And that means going into Ole Miss and getting this win. So we'll see if, uh, Mike White can get through to the team and they can respond, but. If not, like I said, Ole Miss will put it on you. And the main person on Ole Miss who likes to put it on you is Brian Tyree. Um, he's 7,300 tomorrow. He had 38 real points on Wednesday, so he's someone who can absolutely fill it up. Um, I One of my favorite players on that team is Devontae Schuler. Um, he had a stinker last game, but then had back-to-back 44 burgers on uh, February 1st and January 28th. So if you think he's going to be more into that role, get him in your lineup. And then another player I, I really enjoy, especially if you're looking inside, you know, kind of contrary into Blackshear and Johnson. I like uh, Kadeem Sai. He's 5,000, and to me, he's a safe 4X guy. Um, the other forwards on that team, KJ Buffin and Blake Hinson, are more expensive, and they have similar game logs with a little more volatility. Sai's just just there consistently, and that's what I like if I'm going to grab someone for 5,000 to fill in at the bottom of the lineup. That would kind of put a bow on what I see for Ole Miss. So Cy is your guy, huh? Cy, I'm a Cy guy. I am a Cy guy. Hey. And he week. does have, he has 4X in, in five of his last six games, so you're right. A nice kind of consistent high floor uh, play. Maybe not a ton of ceiling. Uh, no, no. High floor play. Um, and then, of course, we'd be remiss if we don't say Trey Mann and Omar Payne are freshmen for Florida. They're both super talented at any given time, if they give, they're given an extent of minutes, they could do some weird things, but they don't. So that's why they're 4,300 and 4,100. Yeah, man got 31 minutes last game. It'd be interesting to see if he, if, if we knew he was going to play 30 minutes, we'd say jam him in for sure, but you just, those minutes are so questionable. It really is. So that puts a bow on our, uh, don't go overboard section. I think we moved through that a little bit better this time, a little quicker. Yeah, I agree. So let's, uh, let's get into that tread water section. Uh, games where we want some exposure to could have a you know a handful of plays in it. Um, the first one on that list is from the Big 12. West Virginia is at Oklahoma, and West Virginia is a five-point road favorite with an over/under of 139. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on this game? Last weekend on the pod, we mentioned Schwebe like three times, and none of them called him out as a specific GPP or cash play. Um, but he came up so often that I ended up playing him on Saturday and I missed him again. So then I put him in again on Tuesday thinking, well, this is the time I'm going to hit him. And he didn't do much on, on Tuesday. So I'm kind of in a, a fight with Oscar. He doesn't know this, but, um, I'm mad at him. So I'm probably yeah. staying away from him. Oscar ended up finishing strong against Iowa State. He ended up getting 30 DK. So how about on the Oklahoma side of this game though? You kind of like them, you know, plus five, don't you? 
I do. I, I think they're a really good play, uh, considerable like a money line type of play. West Virginia lost at Kansas State earlier this year, and Kansas State stinks. So uh, Oklahoma's a pretty good shot. Really, this is probably going to be a tough matchup for Culver and Shibway to go out and chase Manic around as that uh, perimeter-oriented five. And so you could see Manic having another nice game. He's at 7,800. So his price dropped $500, and he's a guy that's had you know 40, 50 burgers. Uh, over the last uh, two or three weeks. So he's somebody to consider. Uh, Doolittle's been really, really quiet this year. Very talented player. Maybe doesn't match up as well um, as more of a rebounded-oriented forward playing against two monsters with West Virginia. Uh, Austin Reeves has played better lately, 7,200. He has uh, 30 and 30-90K in his last two games, and he plays every single minute. So he might be a nice like contrarian type of option. Uh, sure. West Virginia definitely struggles on the road. So I worry a little bit about really all their players. I think Culver and Shibway always have that GPP winning upside, but they also carry a ton of risk on the road. And uh, looking at the tempo, both these teams like to move move the pace a little bit. Are you surprised that the over-under is only 139? No, I, I think you're right, Joe. I, I like Oklahoma, and I, and I think I like the over as well. West Virginia, you think back a couple games ago, they played uh, against Texas Tech on the road. Uh, West Virginia gave up 89 points, and, and Oklahoma is, has some really nice scoring options. So I, I like the over two, Joe, and I think that's why uh, it may make sense to target some of those uh, those core three players for Oklahoma. And, and really, that's it. You know, so so Oklahoma, you can't play their guards. They just they have done nothing this year. And West Virginia plays such a deep bench that it's really really risky to play any of those other guys. So I think let's just move on to the next game, which is Seton Hall at Villanova. One of the feature games on the slate, uh, Villanova yeah. is a two-point favorite with an over/under of 140. And uh, Joe, you're a Big East man, and I know you've yep. got a you've got a hot take coming. I do have a hot take coming, um, but let me first. Uh, uh, if you played a lot of Villanova, which I think we had some Buckethead chatter that played a lot a lot of Villanova last Saturday, and they really did not play very well. Got to let that go. I like the, I like uh, Villanova this. I like Villanova against Seton Hall. I like this game. These are two efficient offenses. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But as far as hot takes goes, I'm I'm haul in. I'm I'm one of the bigger Seton Hall marks on the podcast, and I've got Miles Powell as my bust. <laughs> and uh, I was what on when, earth. What world are we in? I know, I know. It's crazy. He's he's eighty seven hundred dollars, right? So at that price point, to hit value, Miles Powell is going to need almost thirty five DK. The last time he was in this building, he had three points. Um, for his career, he's four for 20 from three in Villanova. I am trusting Jay Wright. I'm trusting his uh, veteran guards like Gillespie to know how to slow him down and, and do their thing on defense. He's not going to let Miles Powell come into that building and beat him. With the way that they take care of the ball and the way that the bigs rebound, Miles Powell isn't going to pick up a lot of upside from boards and uh, steals. It's just it's one of those things where he's going to be scoring reliant, even if he does get it going. Thirty five is a tall order, and uh, I could see Powell having twenty two points, a rebound, and a couple assists, and not not getting there. So I love Miles Powell; he's still my favorite player in college basketball. But I am not playing him on Saturday. James, can you believe this? Oh, you know what? We lost James. He's back. He's back. Oh, he's back. He's back. <laughs> Did you fall out that. of your seat with the Miles Powell bus play, and that's why you were gone for a minute? <laughs> I, did. I fainted. I, I apologize for that. <laughs> so we've got a uh, we've got another play in that that game, don't we? 
Yeah, we do. And James, you mentioned the same thing. And I, and I have a Sandro uh, Mamu as our GPP play. I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I'll butcher it. Feely. Um, James, there we go. But James, you and I are kind of on the same page here. We feel like at 5,200 to get a player uh, as good as Sandro is, um, you know, that's just kind of a no-brainer. Uh, he came back, you know, he had his fractured wrist, came back last game and played 32 minutes, ended up with 29.5 DK points. And prior to hurting his wrist, he had gone back to back 30 DK points as well. So you're getting a proven talent in a, in a nice over under of 140 at a really, really discounted price point. So it feels like a no brainer. I expect a lot of high ownership for Mamu, uh, this yep. weekend, but feel very confident that he's going to hit, uh, at least 4X and, and probably exceed that. Kind of similar to what we talked about CJ Bryce last weekend, which was, you know, should, do you want him to show it to you first <laughs> before you go after him? And I think Mamu has already done that, um, and, and still is actually dropped in price. So you kind of get the best of both worlds there. I think that's a great play. Yeah. He should, he should be about a $6,800 player, $7,000 player. So get him this weekend because it's not going to stay here for a while. He, you know, he shoots, he rebounds, he does everything you need. I think Villanova is a tough matchup for him because they have a lot of guys that have similar skill sets that he does, but he's still grossly underpriced. You know, the matchup really doesn't matter. And for Nova, J- Joe, is it is it kind of the normal? Whoever you want, Gillespie, Bay, yep. uh, you know, Samuels, if he's if he's healthy, uh, those yep. guys always kind of seem they're priced right and ready to play. Yeah, yeah, kind of like we talked about with Florida earlier. Like DraftKings has their pricing down, you know, so Villanova doesn't change a lot day to day. Maybe a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there for Gillespie and and Bay and Robinson Earl, but they're all going to be in that low sevens range, and it's it's going to be a pick your poison type scenario. I, I like Villanova at home. Gillespie's super consistent. Um, the last game they had, really, it was just him and Bay, so I look for the other guys to get involved a little bit more. From a pricing standpoint, I can't. I can't point out one thing that just is a glaring mistake in any any way, shape, or form. Hey, hey um, one more name, and then and then we'll get to the next game and get and get James's thoughts on the next one. Um, but Joe, you know, we talked a little bit. We had a couple of Teddy Bruskies last night, and you talked a lot about Romaro Gill. Uh, you're kind of yeah. starting to have a little bit of crush on the, the seven foot two inch monster down low. Uh, he's yeah. priced up to fifty eight hundred. But what are your thoughts on Gill? He can smash. He's, uh, he's probably like 7'8 if he stands up straight, too. He's got a little bit of a little, little slouch, kind of like me. But, uh, no, he's, he's a beast and he's, he's actually super athletic for how long he is. Just getting better game in and game out. It started with Ike owning that center spot and then they were splitting that center spot. Now it's Gill 30 minutes, you know, most of the time. And he had a, a line the other day where it was like eight points. Eight rebounds, but then seven blocks. It's it's just one of those things. He's got a knack for altering shots, and uh, those are two points a pop. You know that's a bucket. And if you can get five six blocks in a game, uh, it's it adds up in a hurry. I like Gill um, at fifty eight hundred. He can make a difference in a game like this. He's gonna just be a real factor in the paint. And if you look at his game logs, you'll see some forty packs, and there's nothing stopping him from doing that again. Yeah, he's he does slouch a little bit, but he is no slouch on the defensive oh. end. Oh, 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 oh God! Let's move on, folks. Yes. So, so the next game we have on here is St. Louis at Dayton. Uh, Dayton is a 16-point home favorite with an over/under of 142. And James, uh, Dayton, most efficient team in the country. Uh, any thoughts there? These two teams played not too long ago, and it went to overtime. 
Uh, it was a really competitive matchup that was at St. Louis. Dayton's the clear favorite here, but uh, there's some plays that you can make here. Toppin, I probably wouldn't go overboard. Uh, he did get 20 and 10 in that game, but that was uh, obviously went to overtime. You know, but I think there's some guys, Jordan Goodwin, uh, French. There's a guy who came off the bench, Javante Perkins, uh, ended up with 25 points in that game. Um, so there's some guys, if you dig around, you know, you can find some some values in there maybe. Yeah. Um, but the the big guys, the Kruger, Toppin, I, I think you have to be measured about, you know, what you might get out of them um, because St. Louis is a, it's actually a pretty good defensive team. They are. And actually, I like Javante Perkins again. I have him as my GPP player, my tournament dart, you know, this week. I think that uh, you mentioned he had 25 of them the first time. He's actually got the highest shot rate on the team. He's uh, shooting the ball 28% of the time when he's on the floor. Dayton can be had from beyond the arc. And I just I just kind of like him keeping this game close and getting up a lot of threes. And uh, with that type of success rate and that type of uh, that type of usage, I'm, I'm all in. Give me Javante Perkins in a tournament lineup. Yeah, I like that. And, and James, like you said, French and, and Goodwin both had massive games against Dayton at home. Uh, French had a 50-burger, and Goodwin had almost 40. So a lot of good options here. Uh, pricing pricing feels right. Like they, they, I think they feel like they did a good job in this game, making everybody playable option, a lot of good tournament options that have some have some high upside. Kind of a fun game. Yeah, and given that it's not two known or named teams, there could be some some advantages here to uh, slide some of these guys in your lineup and get some low exposure. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Joe. I, I think that's a good a good call out. I think a lot of times, if it's a Kentucky player, they're probably going to have five percent more ownership than they normally would, just because they they play for Kentucky, right? They're a known commodity uh, versus some of these Dayton players that are very very good, um, and even some of these high end St. Louis players who have a high high ceiling. The fact is we've seen SLU on a DraftKings slate, what, three times this year? Where we've seen Kentucky 15, 20, you know. Hey, James, if Georgie can keep hitting threes like that, this Illinois team is going to be really, really good. (laughs) I'm trying not to pay attention to the Big Ten. (laughs) Speaking of the Big Ten Ten transitions. Oh, a game. Hey, uh, so our, our next one on the list is Michigan State at Michigan. And uh, Michigan State is a one-point road favorite with an over/under of 143. Uh, James, Mr. Big Ten, uh, uh, talk yes. to me here. What do you guys? What do you think? And uh, last last time they played, faced each other, some uh, the studs kind of showed out. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, coming tomorrow? Yeah, so you know, since then it's been kind of a wild year for Michigan. Uh, they started out, you know, shooting the lights out. Uh, Livers was a key part of the team. He's been injured. They're talking about him coming back, maybe. So definitely keep it uh, on Twitter because that's that's a big swing on that team. You know, when he's on that team, it really is. he's a guy that you probably want to go go to. If he's not, there's other guys you want to look at. You definitely want to keep your eye out there. But anyway, there for about a five or six game stretch, every big guy that Michigan was going against was just taking him <laughs> to town, and it was it was a bad situation for them. Uh, but they were definitely guys you wanted to target. Uh, that slowed down a little bit. Uh, Wesson had a decent game uh, against Teske last game. Um, but beyond that, it hasn't been the same situation. And so uh, I actually picked uh, Xavier Tillman as my bust. Uh, he would That means he'd have another, to get under 35.6. He's priced at 89. Name. Yeah, another big name. He's 8,900. He had 51 DK the first game. 
So this is uh, <laughs> this is a guy that you know he can go, but you know it's at Michigan. Um, I'm going to give Coach Howard the benefit of the doubt here. I think he's figured things out a little bit. On that note, quickly, uh, Malik Hall has sort of emerged uh, lately within the last four games or so on this Michigan State team. He's played 25 minutes against uh, Penn State. He's 4,300, got 22 DK in that game. So he's a guy they're starting to trust a little bit more. And they need some front court depth, uh, which is something they've kind of struggled to find this year. And he's very, very talented. So he's a guy that I really like as a value play at 4,300 and, uh, you know, kind of see if he can keep it going. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, uh, John Howard kind of left Husky on an island to try to guard guys one on one. And he can't do that, right? And so if you bring a few more double teams, especially to a guy like Tillman, uh, that could create some opportunities for Hall to come in. So a nice little correlation there between your bust and your, well, that you play, James. Uh, thank you. And, Bird, you got a play from this one as well, right? Dude, I've got a cash play here in, in Franz Wagner. And uh, Wagner's hit over 4X in three of his last four games. And he has over 30 DK in four of his last nine games. Um, he's playing 81% of the minutes. He's got a 22% shot rate, uh, increased rebounding rates uh, in conference. And he gets involved with blocks and steals, too. I mean, people forget he's a tall, long kid. I think he's like 6'9". He had 24 against Sparty earlier this year in January, and I'd expect that to rise uh, at home. And even if Livers plays, they really are just going to move uh, Wagner over to the power forward position, and yeah. it opens up his usage may go down a little bit, um, but he's still going to be on the floor 30, 35 minutes. And uh, you know, at, at 6,300, uh, he only for 4x he only needs about 25 points, and I think that's very attainable uh, at home in a huge rivalry game. Yeah, he's really good. He is. All right, well, that was the first of our dive-in sections. We had three games in this dive-in section. Um, are we good on the battle for Michigan? Are we ready to go to this ACC matchup? Hey, just real quick one. Cassius Winston's 8,100 still. He had 50 against Michigan last time. I, I think the big names you can always throw in here. Uh, Simpson, if he's not you know, taking his the 80s wife's car out for a joyride, <laughs> he's always a good play, too. And, and Teske is going to be on the court a ton. He's going to have to be to help try to defend, so... I think the big names are still in play at, at, at reasonable price points. So, yeah, but otherwise, yeah, let's go on to, uh, to the next one, Joe. That's, uh, Miami, Florida State. This is our, uh, this is our ACC conference. It looks like Florida State's a big favorite at home, 14 points, yeah. but the over-under was a surprising 146 in this one. James, what do you see in this one? Well, you know, Florida State hasn't, they're not quite the defensive team that they were last year, you know, and I think that when you see Laren Hamilton team, you know, you think really, uh, strong defensive team and they aren't as good. They are good. They aren't as good as they were last year. And so, you know, teams have been able to score on a little bit. Miami can score. They're terrible defensively. They can score. Um, the big question mark with them really is the, their backcourt. Uh, Chris likes Cam McGusty, uh, been banged up lately and not playing. Uh, they've been getting some kind of backup help from Beverly and, uh, Wong as they've shown up on slates. Guys that have followed us and followed DK have probably played those guys. Miami's a little bit of a mess, long story short. And so Florida State should have a huge advantage. And, and the guy that I really like who's been incredible this year so far is uh, Devin Vassell. I like him as a cash play. Uh, he's priced at 7900 right now, uh, which is a, a little high. Uh, he normally, most of the year, he's been down around the 6,000s, uh, 7900 he should get there. If he if he gets the minutes, 
I, I just don't see it. Even if Likes is playing, I, I just don't see it <laughs> going any other way. And I think he, there's some other guys on. Oh, I'm just saying he's super safe. He he does everything. Yeah. He, he fills in all the ancillary stats. That's a he's the epitome of a cash play. Yeah, and I think there's some other guys that you can look at too, and even somebody like an MJ Walker, who Joe, yeah. you and I were talking about, he's questionable, but he's a he's a boomer bust kind of kid, but he was fi- former five star player. You know, in the right yeah. kind of matchup, you can plug him in, and and he can he can do some things. Right, we mentioned Forrest as well, another guy who does a little bit of everything. And then Bird, you got a you got your GPP play out of this one, right? Or not your GPP, your uh, value play, right? Yep, I've got a value play, and James mentioned it, a five star, and here's another one. And Patrick Williams, uh, he's 6'6 freshman. He was a five-star recruit out of high school, uh, just getting over a toe injury. Uh, but he's played 24 minutes in back-to-back games. Florida State's a little bit like West Virginia, where they play kind of a deep bench. Um, but in 24 minutes, uh, he dropped 31 DraftKings points against UNC last game. He is a your typical uh, long, athletic Florida State player. Uh, if, if he gets enough minutes, uh, like James said, this Miami defense is horrible. And, you know, this is just really a kind of a bet on a bet on talent play for a guy who's in good form right now. Yeah. And, and James, you mentioned if, if likes and Magusty are out, uh, Wong has been really, really good. I don't I think he's Wong is the right answer. Uh, you can get him in as a, as a, as a cheap play. My jokes are so bad tonight. Um, <laughs> and even Beverly has been really good, too. So, you know, we talk about injuries create value. And, and so keep an eye on those, too. But they're super viable. Uh, in a in a high tempo game uh, like Florida State Miami. All right, I'm I'm good on that one. If you guys are, yeah, the main event and this one is kind of an easy one to talk about. But Joe, we'll let you start. Um, LSU at Auburn. Auburn is a four point home favorite with a beautiful over under of 154. And it might be easier just to say who not to play in this game because I think you can probably play almost everybody. Yeah, the answer is nobody. You can you can almost play it. You can play everybody. That so both these teams are not very deep. Both of them go about six deep, and they're all pretty consistent with their minutes. Both teams are a little more on the balance side, so you won't find a player over seven thousand five hundred dollars. That's because the offense can come from anywhere. I have two uh, of my plays from this game. Um, my cash play, of course, is going to be Smear Doty. He's sixty seven hundred. I don't see how he's going to play 40 minutes in a 154 over under game and not hit value at that number. But I put an asterisk next to this saying that everyone in this game should be a good cash play. Um, if you have a hole in your lineup that is anywhere from 5,200 to 7,500, you can go to this game and pick the guy who's around that amount and put him in your lineup. And then you're good. Um, cause there, this should be a, a pretty safe game. My value plays also in this game. That's Marlon Taylor. Marlon Taylor is that six-man role. He's taking over for Charles Manning Jr. while he's been hurt. His game logs have been up and down, um, but it's more than likely he's going to get you closer to the 30 that you've seen in his game logs than the seven. Um, he's uh, athletic. He's going to be needed to guard some of this Auburn length. I just think uh, he's he's in a good bet to easily hit value, which you know is around 15 DK. Uh, 16, 17 DK for a $4,500 player. Is there anyone, Bird or James, that stands out to you guys in this one? Because I can't dissuade you from anyone. Is there any player you particularly like more than another? I guess I, I have a question that our bucket heads would probably ask. You know, is this a stackable game? Is this a game that you can look at on this slate and say, you know, the winner is going to have three or four guys out of this game? 
I think so. You're a little better bird with game theory than I am. Yeah, I think you could always second Joe. Like you said, with, with the pricing, with 7,500 being the highest priced guy in this game, you could play, you can play five or six guys out of this game. I mean, this, this game is awesome. Uh, it should be a track meet. Um, especially I like the Auburn side, LSU. I think Joe, you, you, you've said this before, but I, I don't think they're for real. Um, I think they have some significant issues that are about to be exposed. So I like them a lot. And, and Joe, I was wondering what your thoughts on Macklemore. He had 34 minutes last game and 29 minutes, uh, two games before that. And, and at 5,200, a guy who can get, you know, 27, 33 type of DK performance in a track meet and seems to be getting a little bit more minutes, especially as Wiley's minutes go down. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? That's really what you're doing. If you're playing Macklemore, you're playing kind of anti-Wiley. Wiley's their big tough guy. Macklemore's their faster, you know, more agile five, right? Um, so when one's in the game, they're playing a different style, either to make the make their opponents adjust to them or to adjust to what their opponents are doing. Now, LSU isn't particularly big. Watford's 6'10", but he's more of a point-forward type, and the other guys, Williams and Days, are more in the 6'7 range. If it's a Wiley game, it's because Bruce Pearl's going to want to establish the paint and really get him engaged. But if he decides he wants to track me with with uh, Auburn, then it could be a Macklemore day, and at 5,200, he, he can shoot the three, he can do a little bit of everything. He rebounds, he blocks shots. I always like Anthony Macklemore, and at 5,200, it's not a lot of risk to, to, to take a shot with him. Yeah, I love it, guys. Just fire, fire as many bullets into this game as you can. So it just makes a ton of sense, and, and the highest over-under on the slate by far. Yeah, and another freshman that doesn't get a lot of love, and it feels like he's been 6,500 on every slate all year long, is Isaac Okoro. But he's really that glue guy for Auburn. I mean, he's the consistent guy who's just there, game in and game out. Not not a lot of ceiling, but a very safe cash play, um, and just someone who's fun to watch play. So Isaac Okoro is another good option if, if you want some, some more exposure as well. Hey, I think that wraps it up, guys. Nice work. Uh, I think we got through that a little bit quicker. Uh, give us your feedback on that. We're, you know, we know we post these late on Friday night, so there's not a ton of time to listen to it before the, the slates kick off at 11 a.m. So we wanted to try to shorten it but still provide you that extra value uh, of going into each game. Uh, so please give us your thoughts. And, uh, and Joe, uh, anything you want to add? Real quick, uh, we're sitting at about uh 56% overall last week wasn't the greatest on our on our selections our cash our value our gbp and bus selections but we're still killing it james is in the lead in our internal competition he's at 31 birds at 30 and i'm at 27 um oh i also want to give a shout out there's a there's a draftkings user surfride22 who has uh taken the cbb dfs logo and made it his avatar on draftkings so don't know who surfride is but that's awesome um, if anyone else wants to grab our logo, go ahead and get it off the site and put it on there. We like seeing that, and we like seeing when Surfride does well, um, and we like seeing when all the Bucketheads do well. So Twitter is at CBB underscore DFS. Website is CBB-DFS.com. Hope you enjoyed podcast the podcast. is this. Podcast <laughs> is this, yes. You find the podcast the same way you found this one, and <laughs> rate it and review, right? That's right. Give us a five-star rating, and we'll call you out. Hey, great job tonight, guys, and Bucketheads, let's win all the money. <laughs> <laughs>